All right, let's get cracking. Uh, I want to do a little bit of a recap. I'm going to point out that you know we talk about Dominion, and sometimes it feels overwhelming. Like, oh man, I got to have Dominion of myself, of my family. Uh, my wife's not in line, and I need to lead her the way that I'm supposed to. My children, and all that stuff. But I would point out, um, it, Dominion is actually really fun uh, when you are winning, um, and it's a super a bunch of work, right? But um, if you have good Dominion at home, and you have a beautiful marriage. Um, and a great relationship with your wife, and your kids are happy, and you're in a work environment where um, you're on, you know, on the balls of your feet rather than on your heels, it's actually super duper fun. So um, like everything in life, if it's super hard, um, accomplishing it is going to be a huge joy. So uh, don't just you know, take this whole talk as like all the Dominion stuff is, um, you just have to work harder and harder and harder, which maybe you do. Uh, but the uh, the success is actually a lot of fun. I want to talk today about starting a business. I want to encourage you to start a business. Even if you have a job right now, you don't have to quit, but you can start thinking what your backup plan is. Because as we talked about a little bit yesterday, if you're in a company where you know that you're behind battle lines, you're on the uh, enemy's team, um, and remember, uh, I've had a lot of Christians tell me, well, I'm just... I'm plundering the Egyptians by working at whatever company I'm at. Um, and that's cute, but it's wrong um, because they are making more money on your labor than they are paying you. If that's not true, they should fire you, right? They should make more money on your labor than, um, than they're paying you. And so, um, sure, you're making a great income. You should be stocking money away so you're in a position so you can go out and fight. So you have a backup plan. That's true. Um, but so just a quick recap. <clears throat> Just be aware, you're in a fight, and so if you're going to be in a fight, you need to know what your, who your allies are, what your battle plan is. Is your family battle ready? Are they ready to take dominion in the workplace? Um, are they behind you in all of this? And it should be something you're talking about all the time, right? Our kids are living in this world with us, and so you should be talking about the battles that you're having at work. Uh, with my kids, we sit around the dinner table and talk about buildings I'm thinking about buying or have bought and what our strategy is. Uh, thinking about the cultural um, wars that we're in, whether it's at workplace. Uh, my wife teaches at Logos, and if you teach ninth graders, it is a culture war. They're actually terrorists, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know, but it feels like that sometimes. So, <clears throat> so I want to talk about starting a business, but remember, have your battle plan, have it in place, and part of that battle plan is knowing what you're going to do if you need to quit or you get fired. And I would encourage you, again, fight to the death and get fired. It's super fun. I've done it. Okay, uh, I'm going to give you some stories. Of, we, I talk about this freedom economy, this uh, kind of um, alternative economy, this parallel economy that's building up. I'm going to give you some stories of businesses that have started here and how they started because I want to inspire you that not all of them have lots of funding and a great big plan and all those things. Um, most of them have started by people just taking a principled stand, um, and then lo and behold, they're now in a way better position. So first one, Robert Netsley. A uh, friend of mine lives down in Boise now. He was the head of investment banking in Carmel, California for Wells Fargo. And if you don't know, Wells Fargo is roughly an evil organization. So he was the head of investment banking for Wells Fargo, working with a lot of very high net worth people. <clears throat> Excuse me. He, he said he literally woke up one day and realized that he was investing in stocks of companies that made abortion drugs. And he said, so I'm making a return on my investment every time a mother kills her baby. I'm making money every time a mother goes and kills her baby, and I can't do it anymore. 
So he quits his job. He says it was a very tumultuous two weeks. He said he had two months of money in the bank. He had a mortgage. He had two kids and a pregnant wife. And he's just like, I can't do it anymore. I have to leave, right? Big principles stand. Um, this is where I would encourage you, like, have a backup plan. Don't just do that. But, <laughs> but he did it. And I would rather you do that without a plan. Um, and he said, we had a lot of baked potatoes for a while. And we ended up selling our house and moving to Idaho where it was a little more affordable than Carmel. And he says, and I just got a job at a gas station to start because I like, needed to provide for my family, right? But it was more important for him to not be investing in abortion drugs than to, um, than to have the, the income and the life that he had. So then he goes and says, okay, but he's obviously a very gifted financial guy, and so he starts inspired uh, investing up in Boise, Idaho. And basically he's like, let's build some ETFs that are uh, biblically based. So he builds a database and ranks every publicly traded company by how much they support the LGBTQ alphabet soup people, how much they support abortion, how much they support the ESG craziness. And he basically built this index and then he starts, his thesis is if you invest in businesses that are not doing social activism that has nothing to do with their business. Now I'm gonna give you an example of this. Do you know that every major diaper company in America supports Planned Parenthood? That makes no sense at all, right? Because if you're a business, you actually want more customers, not fewer customers. And yet they're trying to support an organization that's killing off their customers, right? That's the world we're in today. And so his theory is if you are a business that's focused on your business and not doing gay pride parades or not supporting abortion, you're probably going to do better in the long run, right? So that was his investment thesis. Um, he now has over $2 billion under management. He's got a great team in Idaho. And he says there was about four years that he and his wife were like, okay, um, we have enough money for this month, praise the Lord, and um, next month let's deal with that when it comes, right? But I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to take a principled stand, um, and God has clearly blessed his work. Um, and I encourage you to go look at it. So if you're investing in a business, uh, if you're buying a stock, you can go to Inspired Investment, um, I think it's .com or something like that, do a Google search, um, or don't I assume it shows up. Um, and you can actually look at how much do they support these things. And what's cool is he's like, okay, now that I've established a business, I can start to do things. And so when Costco had a gay pride parade that they sponsored, he called them up and said, hey, you're, uh, we're an investor of, um, of your business. Um, we have a bunch of stock and called investor relation lady and said, I don't want you to support this because I think it is against your business model and has nothing to do with Costco. Right? Costco should not be supporting a gay pride parade. The investment relation lady said, thank you for calling me because I only hear from people on the left constantly. They know how to fuss. They are a drumbeat. I only hear from those people. And you're the only one who said, I don't want you to support this. And so <clears throat> he gets a call from the CEO and CEO says, thank you for calling. I just wanted to let you know we take investor relations very seriously. And at our next board meeting, I will be able to say with a straight face, I now have, I have investors who've called me on both sides of this issue. So we're not going to support this parade, right? And this is a great example of conservatives. We need to do stuff. We need to not just uh, wait around and hope it goes well. So that's Robert Netsley. That's a story. Um, that I think is fantastic. Here's another one for you, Public Square. And I would encourage you, if you haven't uh, checked out Public Square, publicsq.com, or there's an app. Um, good friend of mine, uh, uh, Michael, 
is down in San Diego during COVID and says, you know, sat down with his wife and said, hey, I wonder if there's a list of coffee shops that don't require a mask, right? Simple as that, right? He already had a job. He was full-time job, but he's like, I wonder if there's a list of the, and there's no list. So he's like, I'm going to make a list. And then actually, I'm going to make a list of all the businesses that don't require a mask, don't have um, rainbow flags in the windows. I'm just going to make a list of businesses like that. And and then he made an app of that. And then he expanded the list to the rest of California. And then he expanded the, risk, the list to the rest of America. He ended up getting a bunch of funding in the process uh, because there actually are a lot of conservatives that want to see that stuff going. So now you have Public Square, which is an app. Think of it as Yelp for conservatives. Um, if you have, if you want to be a business on Public Square, you need to sign seven things. Um, and I'm not going to remember all of them, so I'll tell you the ones that I remember. You're not going to require masks. You're not going to require employees to get vaccinated. If they want to do that, it's totally their deal. Um, you're going to protect the rights of all Americans, even the unborn. So you may not support abortion. You may not pay for abortion for your employees. Um, you are not going to fall into the trap of identity politics and say, I'm a black-owned business or a woman-owned business. You're just a business. You're a person who's running a business. You're a child of God. Get over it, right? He has 40,000 businesses across the country today that have signed up with Public Square. Let that settle in, right? Then when I talk about this, there's a lot of conservatives out there. We just don't know each other. We need to work together better. 40,000 businesses have signed up on Public Square. Over 800,000 people are using the app to find the coffee shops that don't support Starbucks because they hate your worldview. They hate the way that you think about everything. Um, and go support someone who actually um, shares your worldview, right? What if you bought clothing from people who weren't judging you, right? Because a, a lot of them do. They're judging your worldview um, in the way that they're building their clothing, they're making their clothing, they're selling their clothing. Um, go out and support businesses that are conservative. And you can do that if you go to Public Square, uh, publicsq.com. Last one, Liberation Technology. Um, Andrew Riddow, great first name. Um, Andrew Riddow is part of the Trump administration for four years, gets tired of being canceled all the time. And so he gets out and says, you know what? I can't complain about something unless I'm going to do something about it. So he goes and finds himself a little bit of funding. And he said it was actually easier than he thought it would be because there's a lot of people that are tired of the cancel culture. And he is building an alternative to Amazon Web Services because he thinks that there should be a full stack of um, hosting services that are available to conservatives uh, who don't want to be canceled because they take a stand against pro-life. Uh, Revere Payment, they're pushing back. They're an alternative to Stripe these days. Um, and Red Balloon's using them, and actually we're finding their services are just as good, in some ways better, than Stripe. Uh, there are more and more of these businesses that are starting out there, and my encouragement to you is you should start a business. And I'm telling you these stories because it has happened, it has succeeded, it has worked, and it's always super hard, but it's always a very blessed thing to be able to do. Okay, so why should you start a business? Uh, we all know Simon Sinek and the uh, start with why, <clears throat> right? Um, the golden circle, you know, the why, what, how um, kind of thing. And he talks about if Apple computer was just starting with what they made, then they would just talk about, well, I'm making a computer how well with manufacturing and it's very uninspiring Apple computer instead, although I think they've lost their why. Uh, but anyway, but they used to be, they used to have a reason for what they're doing. They were trying to make beautiful things that were countercultural and made people's lives better. 
And the way they do that is by making things that are designed to work well together, to look as good on the inside as they do on the outside. And by the way, we make computers, right? And that's the start with why. You kind of go the opposite direction. We as Christians have a better why than anyone. So if you're going to start a business, you need to know what you're trying to do. What are you trying to accomplish? And if we're going to start with why, Christians by the grace of God, have the best why. We don't just have a why of we want to do something countercultural or anything like that. Like we have an opportunity to deeply impact culture with our business. Um, think of it like this: when you were a kid, or when you have kids, why are they drawing things all the time? Right? My kids have made me more artwork with crayons. Uh, I throw a lot of it away because it's really bad because they're small. Um, but that's okay. Uh, I want to encourage that kind of thing. I don't throw it away right in front of them. That's, that's mean. Uh, but, but most of it's bad. But what are, what are they doing? Well, they're trying to create stuff, right? And that's a really good thing. Why are they trying to create stuff? Because we know that, the, that we are creatures. We have been created. And so we're mini cre creators. We're trying to mimic the great creator. We know that God created us, and so we want to create stuff. That's why men, we have this instinct to make things, to create things. It's because we're just trying to follow the great creator um, who created us. God created us to be creators, to be producers. And in fact, one of the problems we have with the economy right now is our politicians are treating and seeing Americans as consumers, not producers. And I know that sounds like a minor distinction, but it's actually a huge distinction, right? When they're like, hey, consume, go out and buy stuff, consume, consume, consume. Um, consumers are uh, easier to control. All you need to do is give them money so they can keep consuming things. Um, and it is very much a demand side economics where it's like, well, we just need to um, create more stuff for people to consume because we're just consumers, we're all cogs. It's very dehumanizing to just be a consumer. Whereas if we are created in the image of God and we are creators, we're producers, right? And that's where you get supply-side economics, where we have a deep understanding that we should be making the pie bigger. We should not be thinking of it as uh, we're limited by this. And so we are many creators and the reason that you want to start a business, even if you don't know you want to start a business, at the end of this talk, you'll know you want to start a business. Um, the reason you want to start a business is because we are made after in God's image. And he is a creator. He created the heaven and earth. And so we want to mimic him and we want to create things. That's why you've always, um, even as a small kid, you draw things with crayons. As we grow up, you should want to create things. And if you don't want to create things, go start doing something, right? Go create a fence in your backyard or whatever it is. Um, you need to build stuff. You need to create things that's good for your soul because we are the mini creators. And when we get our head around the fact that we are producers in this economy, not just consumers, we are going to have, um, that's where the Christian economy starts to really outpace everything else that's out there. Because we understand um, the creator of heaven and earth, therefore we're going to be better at business, we're going to be better at creating things than anybody else. So I encourage you to think about it like that. Um, the other thing is, when you create a business, you get to hire people. Um, and I know that many of us think, well, actually hiring people is actually the biggest pain in the neck, and it's true because they're people and they're sinners, but they also have everlasting souls, right? You have an opportunity to lead people and have a lever in their life that nobody else has because you're their boss. And this can be whether you're, their boss is just a manager or is the business owner. I want you to think about your responsibility as someone who's managing people as not just I'm trying to make more money and get work done, which you are, that's fantastic, but you're also, you are leading, you are managing an everlasting soul. 
Um, I've had employees over the years who have had significant sin problems that I could see. And generally, sin doesn't stay very confined. Uh, pastors, I think, will give me an amen on this. If you're sinning in one area of your life, it probably is going to slop into other areas of your life. And so when I've had employees who clearly had an anger problem at work, right? They have an anger problem, and I know this because they just yelled at another employee for making a mistake. And look, people make mistakes, but that's not acceptable in the workplace. But what I can do as a boss, as a manager, is identify, okay, you have a sin problem here, and I know that it's slopping into your house, right? Because if you have an anger problem at work, I guarantee it's going to be at home, right? And so I can go to them. I have a lever that even pastors don't always have because I sign their paycheck. And I say, hey, you have an anger problem, and that's unacceptable in the workplace. You just yelled at this employee. You need to go apologize for that. Um, I want to hold that employee to a higher standard, but yelling at them in front of people is actually just all about you because anger is always just about you, um, unless it's a righteous anger. And so uh, you need to go get pastoral counsel and deal with your anger problem or I'm going to fire you, right? I'm going to take away your six-figure salary if you don't deal with your anger problem. Well, I had his attention in a way that even uh, his elder or his pastor would struggle with because like, oh, that's a big lever. And so he did, and he dealt with it. And his wife dropped me a thank you note several months later saying, I just wanted you to know um, you had that conversation and our marriage is in way better shape now because um, my husband has been really dealing with stuff and um, you kind of were the thing that pushed him over the edge. The pastor was the one that did all the work of the counseling, but I had this lever of you need to deal with it like for real or you're going to lose your job, right? So remember, as an employee, as an employer, as a manager, you have a lever, you have an opportunity to speak in the lives of people that, are, um, that might change the way that they think about things. I've dealt with a lot of guys at work. We have a zero porn tolerance, right? You have porn on your computer at work. That's it. We're going to fire you. Well, again, that's going to be more uh, potent than their friend saying, yeah, you shouldn't look at that porn. It's bad. Like, no, I'm going to fire your lazy ass um, if you do that stuff, right? And so remember, when you're thinking about, well, am I really the guy that's going to start a business? Um, it's not just about you. Is it really hard? 100%. But when you start a business, when you manage people, you have an opportunity to, um, to shepherd everlasting souls um, in a way that some other people can't even touch those those folks. So it's really, really important. The last reason of a why, so this is back to the Christians, why would you want to start a business, um, is when you are a business owner, when you are a business leader, um, you have a different voice in your community than you do otherwise, right? We want um, Christians to be the best at the work that they do. Um, we want them to be the people who are always willing to bend over backwards um, we want them to be the people who are saying yes to all the horrible jobs that need to be done so that when they say no, it stands out, right? You don't want to be the whiner who's constantly complaining about everything at work, and then they bring up the LGBTQ um, pledge that you need to sign, and you're like, yes, and I'm saying no to that too. But if you're the guy who's like, I am saying yes all the time, I am always willing to do the extra work, I'm always willing to do great things, it's going to stand out by contrast when you actually say no to those things. And when you've started a business and you are now a business leader, so when I'm running businesses in Moscow, Idaho, the mayor calls and says, hey, is there any way I can take you out to lunch? I want to run some things by you. Um, and the mayor and I don't see eye to eye on basically anything. He's a homosexual and a liberal. But 
Um, when you start a business, you become you you put yourself in a position to speak into the lives of other people because you did the hard work of starting a business, creating something from scratch, right? And that's what Christians should be striving for. When we put ourselves out there, when we die to self, start a business, when we create something, people are going to look to you and look for your input on things that they might not otherwise. And that's a good thing, because Christians should be speaking to the lives of people in our communities. They should, we should be pushing on those things. Okay? Now, your next objection might be, I don't know that I can start a business. It's a terrible economic time to start a business. Wrong. Great economic time to start a business, and let me tell you why. Um, I would say that 2023 is the year of the small business. Uh, the last company that I ran that I got fired from uh, was a labor market data company, so I got to muck around in labor market data a lot. Um, I see very good signs for small businesses in 2023, and let me tell you why. There was a lot of COVID money that got vomited on the big tech businesses. Um, Amazon, some of these you know or work at. Um, there was a lot of that money that got put onto these businesses. Um, I talked to, when I was at MZ, a uh, tech company in the Bay Area that had just offered a million dollar salary to a AI scientist in the Bay Area. A million dollar salary. Well, that that is not a market number. That is a, I've got tons of money and I'm in a weird bidding war uh, kind of number. So uh, what's going to happen is you're going to see those businesses, like we saw all the layoffs that are starting to happen with a lot of these big businesses. Um, I have a lot of businesses on Red Balloon that are hiring like mad right now. Um, we have a really cool IT outsourcing company um, that is down in Houston. They have 85 employees. They think they're going to grow to 250 this year. Um, and they're paying great salaries because they see an opportunity because all these big businesses are all of a sudden releasing all that talent onto the labor market and they couldn't afford to compete with the Amazon and the Googles of the world. And all of a sudden, now they can. And so I think you're going to see, because if people are the most important asset and you need great people to start a business, I think there's going to be people with availability. There's going to be people with a bank account who are now in a position where they can say, you know, I could go six months without a salary while I get my business going. And then once you've actually proven that you've started a business and it's a real business, then it's really easy to go out and get funding. If you're just trying to get funding with a dream and a PowerPoint, um, it's a lot harder. If you're willing to take the risk because you've prepared the field, because you've prepared your family, and you go six months, and you've actually created something, it is really easy to get funding because people see that you're a person who can actually get stuff done. So I would argue that actually 2023 is going to be the year where we're going to see a lot of small businesses. Remember, there are two, uh, 20, there are 32, if I can remember the number correctly, 32 million small businesses in America today. There are lots and lots and lots of them. Um, as I do market sizing for Red Balloon, we believe there's about 8 million businesses that are roughly conservative and are going to be hiring this year. Right? So there's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, and you, know, you think about the speed of innovation at a company like an Amazon or even Microsoft, where you have to go through layers and layers. Uh, we were talking last night. I have a six-person engineering team on Red Balloon. And man, we move so fast, because they're all in the same room. The uh, pace of communication is extraordinary, and it is so much fun. You would not believe how much joy there is in that room when we're just getting stuff done. Because actually, as men, we want to accomplish things, not just go to meetings and talk about all the stories and epics and all the things, and not actually get anything done. So, um, so I would say that we are in a good moment there. 
We're also going to continue to have a tight labor market, um, and I know that feels like, a, oh, well, then why is it a good time to start a business? Um, because um, as Christians, we're having a bunch of kids, and as long as we can keep those kids, then we're going to win. And I know that's more of a longer play. That's not a, a 2023, although my oldest son, so I have five kids. My oldest son, Jackson, is 18. He does all the video work for Red Balloon. And I can't tell you um, how joyful it is and how fun it is to be able to work with your kids, to see godly young men growing up, taking responsibility, being in a position where they're doing excellent work, doing things I can't do. I don't know how to do that video stuff. <clears throat> but he's really, really good at it. Um, and it is deeply joyful to be able to work with your kids um, and to be able to raise them up like that. And that's another reason I'm going to tell you you should start a business, because then you get to decide who you get to hire. And I think nepotism is fantastic. <laughs> Nepotism's fantastic, as long as you're willing to fire your brother. Right? Because um, you don't want that to be just a hanger honor. If you have a lazy brother, you need to fire him. I do have a lazy brother, but I no, he's actually awesome. He works at Red Balloon. So I've got a younger brother who's a uh, technician. He's brilliant, and, uh, and he's on the engineering team. He's great. So um, I would encourage you. That's, uh, there are so many reasons for you to start a business, and you can start small. You don't have to be like, okay, I'm going to create a new operating system. That's probably not where you need to start. You need to find what's a market niche that is something you need to do. So the next obvious question is, um, how do I think about starting a business? It's actually not as hard as you think it is, right? Um, what's a problem that you have? We all have problems. Sitting here and listening to my talk right now, that's a problem. No, what's a problem that you have? Think about that. Um, I'll tell you a problem that I have right now that I want someone to start a business on. Um, I have contacts on my phone from like nine different email addresses and things I've put into my phone and like I've got duplicates of everything and contacts are a mess on my phone. And there's got to be an easy solution to solve that and have all my contacts just stay up to date, right? Like Jerry's about to move. I would like that app to just know that and put in his new address information so I don't have to look it up every time, right? It's actually not that complicated of a problem. Maybe it is a really complicated problem because I'm not enough of an engineer, but like that's a problem that I have. Then you go around and you talk to people, hey, I've got this problem, do you have this problem too? And if the answer is yes, fantastic, there's your business, right? It's actually not that hard. The point of businesses is to solve a problem. Solve a problem for yourself, solve a problem for other people. So look around, what are problems that people have? Is it a construction problem? Is it, hey, I think I could make a really cool little thing that would sit at the bottom of rain spouts that would create power and I would just plug it into an external outlet and it would help um, augment the power generation of my house. It would never pencil, but it would make the greenies happy. Like that might be a business, maybe run them with that. Right? There's so many things that it wouldn't actually take that, it doesn't take that much effort to create something. Um, and you're a bunch of creative guys. Like, just go out and do it. And you can start doing that while you have your job, right? We talked about being battle ready, and part of being battle ready is have a backup plan. Um, and a backup plan can be a business that you're starting with your kids. You can do an Etsy business where you make stuff. Um, you can make me a toupee, whatever you want to do. So uh, I would encourage you. Uh, Start thinking about what's the problems that you see around you that need to be solved and create a business around it. Involve your kids, involve your wife. Um, this is a way also to make, uh, take dominion in your home when you're teaching your kids, you're teaching your family, how do we make money, right? We have a generation, maybe two generations, who haven't been hungry. 
And so we have a lot of kids that just aren't working anymore. They don't know how to work anymore. Do you know the labor force participation rate, this is me getting a little nerdy on you, for 16 to 19 year olds, right? 16 to 19 year olds, how many of them are actually have a job in the economy right now? In 2000, that was 50%. 50% of, 15, of 16 to 19 year olds were in the labor market with a job. Today it is less than 30%. Right? And then we wonder, why do we have kids who come up without any soft skills? Well, it's because they never looked anyone in the eyes and got an order at McDonald's. Right? They never had to actually do the work. They were never given those things. And so you're going to have to give those things to your kids because there aren't necessarily the same opportunities out there. Start a property management business. Go out and start managing properties for other people, and then your kids get to clean. My oldest daughter is 16, and she has been the janitor for my office um, since we started. And is it her favorite job in the world? No, but she likes the money that she earns and it's good for her soul to learn to work. And, um, and I know that she's gonna be in a work environment that is safe and healthy for her to be in, right? So that's another thing that you need to be thinking about when um, do we want our kids, because uh, there was a Logos kid who got an internship um, at a big business in town working on maintenance of buildings. And he thought, well, this would be a great internship. Um, and he was exposed to a ton of pornography and horrible things in that work environment because it was a bunch of maintenance guys who were not godly at all. Okay, well, we don't want that. That is a really bad thing. Okay, so how do we fix that? Create a business that your kids can work in. And it's going to be really hard, and you're going to sleep less, and you're going to be fine. A lot of people are worried about a recession right now. Um, I don't know that we're actually going to have a recession despite the uh, administration's best efforts. Um, I think we're going to have some slowdowns. Um, but the uh, recessions are always an opportunity. Disruption is always an opportunity. So when you have a labor market that's tight, when you have an economy that's um, trying to figure out where it's going to go, um, these are all opportunities. People are going to be risk averse. And because we know that even if you fail at business, you get to go home to your happy wife, your joyful kids, and you get to go to church on Sunday. What's the worst that can happen, right? Nizam Talib always says, the worst case scenario is the only one that matters. So when you're thinking about starting a business, okay, what happens if everything just goes horribly? What's all that you lose? You lose $100,000 and six months, and you still get to go home to your wife and kids. Like, that's not that bad, right? But think through what's the worst case scenario. And if you actually say it out loud, you might find out, actually, I can live with that. And I'm going to go out and start something. I need to be a creator. I need to mimic um, God in the way that I am creating in my community. So I'm going to tell you a quick story about how I started Red Balloon because it's yet another story, hopefully, that's going to be encouraging to you. And Ty told me to say it, so I'm going to. So um, when I left the other business because I was a Christian CEO and they didn't want that kind of thing, um, I was going to take a year off to do, I'm doing a housing development in town. Uh, we have 100 houses that we're bringing lots to market. And by the way, I thought, sure, I'll just create a housing development. How hard can that be? The answer is very, very hard. Uh, very, very difficult. <laughs> and fighting with the city, fighting with engineers, uh, fighting with supply chains. Um, and it was not a year off like I'd anticipated, but uh, we're doing it. We're making headway on it. And it's called Eddington because Eddington is the name of a battle where Alfred the Great beat back the barbarian hordes to save Christian England. Um, and this is just an example that you get to name stuff when you do stuff. Um, and so I'm calling the housing development Eddington, and there's Augustine Avenue and Luther Road. I can do whatever I want. 
I'm gonna name it because I because I, I made actually I was going to name the roads after guns because who wouldn't want to live at the corner of Smith and Wesson, <laughs> right? That was a bridge too far for the city. They struggled with that, so we went with <laughs> went with reformers. It's fine. So, um, but again, when you create stuff, you get to name it, you can do whatever you want. It's actually really fun. So I was gonna take a year to do this housing development. I own a couple of buildings downtown, super fun. Um, but uh, the company I worked had 280 uh, employees, many of them Christians, and I was worried that the new owners, because two weeks after I left, um, I had this principle of bless the customer, bless the employee, bless the shareholder, in that order, right? Bless the customer, you want them to be better off, because they interacted with the company, even if they don't buy anything. We want them to be better off, better able to do their job. Plus the employee, we want employees who are able to do their job better, who are able to live their lives better, who are better people because they work at the organization. And then bless the shareholder because we are under authority. We want to bless those in authority over us. It was those three principles. Two weeks after I left, they removed the word bless because it was a religiously discriminating word. Um, and that couldn't be in an organization owned by KKR's ESG fund, which is actually what now owns the business. So, ta-da. Um, and I thought, okay, well, what if those people have to, they're about to reach a line in the sand that none of them are going to be able to cross, and we're about to have 100 unemployed people in little Moscow, Idaho. I literally started the job board as a way for companies around the country to be able to find those people so they didn't have to leave town. Like, I just wanted to bless other people. That's it. Like, okay, I'm going to create a website so that people can post jobs and they can find these awesome employees just in case they have to leave. So I do that, and I call it Red Balloon because if you've ever been on a hot air balloon, it's a little bit terrifying and a lot bit fun, kind of like looking for a job. You can have this floating sense. Has anybody been on a hot air balloon? Some people. So I did this in England, and it was great. And I had three of my small children there, and we're about to land in Dartmoor, and the guy's like, okay, so just so you know, you're the kid's seatbelt, and it's going to be a real rough landing, so hold on tight. I'm like, what? He's like, line them up on the basket and clamp them in. Go. And I'm like, like, and I had like 10 seconds to be like, yes, sir, let's do this thing. And the kids are like, yeah! And like, we like bounced several times, and, like, and none of them fell out. It was great. It was really, really good. So kind of like looking for a job, right? So that's what that's for. And then obviously red because people are moving to red states or red regions of blue states or red businesses where they can actually be free. So redballoon.work, um, .work because .com sounded like communists and I don't believe in communism, I believe in work. <laughs> so just think about that. If you have a .com, you might be a communist. So redballoon.work, that's it. So I start this job board. Uh, three weeks later, I get a call from Fox and Friends saying, hey, I heard that you have the nation's leading job board for people who don't want to get vaccinated. First of all, I didn't know what Fox & Friends was because I'm not really a news junkie, and so I thought that was a kid's show. Like, <laughs> hey, Mr. Weasel, what are we going to do today? Like, Fox & Friends, like, what? Anyway, there you go. I'm like, sure, I'll come on your show, and then I find out, oh, it's like a big news station and stuff like that. Uh, so I go on the show, and all of a sudden we have hundreds of customers signing up. We have thousands of people applying, and I had, um, I had no employees. I had no customer service. It was terrible. Like, we were like, <laughs> the servers are going down. I'm like, I wasn't going to do this. I was going to take a year off. I was just trying to help people. And then I start getting calls from people all over the country being like, hey, when's Red Balloon's going to really expand in Atlanta? I'm like, it's not. <laughs> You're on your own, buddy. But that really wasn't the moment we were in. So God uh, and my sweet wife kept being like, no, this is, this is what we're doing right now. So, um, so 
I started hiring employees. I started taking the risk of losing money every month rather than making money every month. Uh, I went without a salary for a year. Um, and um, God has blessed it. We have almost 3,000 businesses that have signed the pledge that they're going to respect the freedom of their current and future employees. They think the Constitution still matters, um, and they want to have a non-woke uh, work environment. And we've had over a million unique people on the site looking for freedom. Um, and again, it's the only business I've ever run before that has... Um, I get unsolicited thank you notes literally every day from perfect strangers, whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's email, where they're like, I cannot believe that you're doing this. I'm so grateful. You've changed the tra trajectory of my family. Um, I just talked to this guy who was uh, ex-military, learned IT skills, went to a business, and he's like, I've never been so oppressed as when I was working in an IT company where I was not allowed to live my values out loud. Um, he now works at a red balloon company. And uh, anyway, he's just like, like he's almost crying and he's a, you know, ex-paratrooper. He's like, it just has such an impact on you when you can actually be free at work and work and use your labor to bless an organization that you actually care about, right? Where you're not stuck um, building a woke organization. So um, that's why I started Red Balloon. It's been super duper hard because it is a startup. It's a two-sided marketplace, which is actually a really tough business to start because if someone comes looking for a job and there's nothing for them, they'll probably leave and never come back, even if the job that would be a perfect fit for them is there 20 minutes later. Um, and if you're an employer and you post that job and then no one applies for a couple of weeks and you're like, oh, this site is garbage, um, then so you've got to figure out how do you get scale but do it in a way that is not um, going to break the bank because I don't want to do any more exits. And I think as Christians, we should, um, I've done some exits. Um, I would advise a younger version of me to still do those exits because I learned a lot from the private equity funds. Um, I learned a lot from all of those uh, business experiences and I got a bunch of money, which wasn't bad, um, and was able to do things like housing developments now. But, uh, but going forward, I don't want to do any more exits. I want to be in a position where I can actually um, hold on to businesses, uh, produce distributions, change culture with those businesses, not be afraid that KKR's ESG fund's going to buy it, and be able to employ children, my children and other people's children, in these businesses where they can be free, godly people who are being built up to be warriors um, in our economy. Um, and there's a lot of businesses like this. This is where I think Christians have been on our heels for a long time, just trying to protect and maintain. Um, there's a group, I was telling uh, some folks last night, there's a group of Russians and Ukrainians here in Seattle that are working together, um, and they are buying businesses here in town, um, and they are trying to, and these are neutral manufacturing businesses, and they are working hard to instill Christian values into those businesses. So why are we just waiting around for the KKRs of the world to buy businesses and take them woke and left? Why aren't we out there working harder than anybody else to buy businesses and take them and make them Christian businesses and still Christian values in these businesses, right? So you should be starting businesses. You should be looking to buy businesses. We should be looking to create and, and take dominion of the economy and the culture that we're in today. So that's why I started Red Balloon. Again, we now have 15 employees. Um, we got investment from people like David Bonson and Donald Trump Jr., which is another story altogether, um, which I won't go into. Well, I can go into if you really want to. Um, and then really phenomenal people. Jerry put $15 in, very, very grateful. <laughs> Made a big difference. So, um, but, that's, but that's where we are today. Um, and it is really fun to be engaging with culture. 
right? Um, I uh, hired a sales guy who used to be a real estate agent and I offered him the job and he says, man, so you're gonna pay me a salary and I get to be at the front lines of the culture war? Amazing, right? Uh, and when you think like that as a Christian, when you think I'm going to go out and conquer culture, I'm gonna go after things, um, then you're in a position where you can be starting businesses, where you can be doing things um, that you never thought were possible. And you can only do it by the grace of God because none of us have the strength, the knowledge, the wisdom, the intelligence to start businesses, to change culture. But by the grace of God, we do, right? And so don't rely on your own strength. Um, rely on the strength of the creator of the universe who made it all. Um, get over yourself and go start a business. Thank you.